Welcome again to Filled with His Love. While serving as virtual pathway missionaries for students in the Caribbean, we asked our students, my wife and I, to reflect on their experience in their first semester and tell us about their favorite lesson. Now, you need to know that we covered a lot, like topics like time management, financial planning, goal setting, all kinds of things. The first student to speak was a 50-year-old woman who originally thought that she did not have what it took to succeed in a college course. Here's what she said. Oh, that's easy for me. My favorite lesson, the most important thing I learned was about the fixed and growth mindsets. I had never heard of that idea before, and it changed everything for me. And now, here I am at the end of the semester, and I've succeeded even though I knew I would fail. Yes, fixed and growth mindset, that kind of changed my life. End quote. You've probably heard of this concept. It's been around a long time. Carol Dweck, a Stanford psychologist, was the one who developed the theory or idea or concept, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it it's simple. Someone who has a fixed mindset places limits on themselves. Someone who has a growth mindset believes that their potential is far greater than their current performance. Carol Dweck happens to be my same age. So she grew up in psychology during the same era I did. And in those early days, IQ was everything. Psychologists have always been enamored with measuring human characteristics. So they thought we need to learn how to measure intelligence. But psychologists were never satisfied with simply getting a number. They wanted that number to predict future performance. Predictability. That was everything. So IQ was the ticket. If we want to know how well someone will perform on this or that task or in this or that job, let's give them an IQ test and then we can make decisions, even whether to hire the person. Think of college admissions. If we can figure out how well someone will do in college, we can decide which students to admit and which ones to reject. So along came entrance exams like the ACT and SAT. Now, look what's happening now. Colleges are increasingly reluctant to place too much weight on these exams for admission. Why is this? <clears throat> because they are often less predictive than one might hope. And of course, they are culturally biased. IQ tests were notoriously culturally biased. I remember administering an IQ test to a young boy who had grown up in Hawaii. The question was, snow is to white as grass is to blank. The boy said, rain. Of course, the correct answer is green. But if you've never seen snow before, the question is problematic. These analogies are difficult for some kids, and uh, culturally, some kids do better than others. So Alfred Binet, a French psychologist, was the one who invented the IQ test. Why did he create it? To help French educators identify those with severe disabilities who needed special educational help. But then, when IQ tests came to this country, we wanted to use them for all sorts of things. Lewis Terman, a Stanford psychologist, long ago helped turn the IQ test into a pervasive instrument, taking it far beyond its original purpose. 
So it's only appropriate that a sort of referendum on the IQ test came from a more recent Stanford psychologist, Carol Dweck. Here's a quote from Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset. Quote, IQ tests can measure current skills, but nothing can measure someone's potential. It is impossible to tell what people are capable of in the future if they catch fire and apply themselves. Mindset is often more important than your initial ability in determining whether you succeed in the long run. I, I really like this quote. That's, that's the end of her quote. It, it really says, IQ is a number. People place way too much emphasis on it. They think, oh, I'm average, or I'm above average, or I'm a genius, or whatever. Her critique of the IQ test for me personally was right on. So President Hinckley said something similar when speaking of the relationship between work and talents. Quote, this is President Hinckley. Work is the miracle by which talent is brought to the surface and dreams become reality. End quote. In other words, the gifts and talents we are given are much less important than the effort we spend at developing them. More recently, President Nelson has said, the Lord likes effort, quote. Our pathway student did not see herself as intellectually gifted, and yet she succeeded in a college course, all because of her effort, her work. She caught fire, as Carol Dweck said. She exemplified what Dweck and Presidents Hinckley and Nelson were saying. No test knows our potential. Only God knows our potential, and he has made it clear that that potential is to become like him. Now, how does all this apply to relationships? It applies big time. Those with a fixed mindset place limits on themselves in their relationships. They might say, well, I'm not very enjoyable to be around, or I'm not very good at conversation, or I'm not good at meeting people, or I'm no good with names, or I can't remember face, and, and the list goes on and on. We limit ourselves by these fixed mindset thoughts. Those with a growth mindset might say, you know, I'm not very good with names yet, or I'm not very good in conversations yet. Notice the word yet. This is the hallmark of the growth mindset for me. Instead of saying, I'm not good at math, you say, I'm not good at math yet, but I could be good with some work. In other words, my current level of performance has almost nothing to do with my ultimate potential. My ultimate potential depends on how much effort I want to expend to improve myself. And in relationships, the whole concept goes even further. I can impose a fixed mindset on someone else without even recognizing it. I can say, I don't think that person likes me. But maybe that person could like you with the right experiences and effort. You're placing limits on that other person. Relationships are constantly evolving, so we need to let them evolve and grow. With a growth mindset, we nurture growth in each other. We help the other reach his or her potential. One of our primary goals is to help our friend or spouse achieve all that they were meant to achieve in this life. If either person has a fixed mindset, that potential will not be reached. I'm sure you see how this applies in a gospel sense. 
The Lord does not want us to place limits on ourselves. Rather, He wants us to strive for perfection, even if that divine state is pending, as President Nelson has said. He wants us to become like Him, and that means growing more and more like Him every day. And the only way that can happen is if we draw closer to Him, if we strengthen our attachment to Him. A strong, healthy, secure, safe attachment demands a growth mindset. How do we know when we fall prey to a fixed mindset? In my view, it's when we allow negative internal chatter to take over. Negative internal chatter places limits on us and prevents us from reaching our potential. It might say, there's no use in trying to improve this marriage. I just might as well give up. Or, I'm not going to try to make amends to my sister. I know she'll just reject me again, like she always has. Fixed mindset. This is a fixed mindset. Negative internal chatter. They all mix together. When these things take over, we need to take a step back and reassess. We need to switch that fixed mindset for a growth mindset. Things aren't like I want them to be yet. Just add that one word. Then you will be more likely to try again. And then, with the Lord's help, success will come. This word yet can help us as parents. When a child says, she doesn't like me, you could say, you mean she doesn't like you yet. When a child says, I'm not good at math or English or science, you can say, you mean you're not good at that subject yet. This can lead to, into another conversation about desire. Do you want to be good? Because I can help you become good if you want to. I wish we would try using this word yet more often to help us move to a growth mindset. This is certainly what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to open ourselves to our true potential and avoid closing ourselves off to what could be the most fulfilling, joy-filled experiences of our lives yet. Thanks, and I look forward to seeing you next time.